Welcome to the Faith Lift Radio Podcast, where doubt is destroyed and your faith is lifted. Here's today's message from Dr. Glenn. All right, ladies and gentlemen, if you have your Bible today, open your Bible with me to the book of Ezekiel. All right, good to see you. Hey, happy birthday to you, Pastor G. Day. May the Lord bless you. Amen. Miss Catherine, may the Lord bless you. Miss Bonnie, may the Lord bless you. Bianca, that's my cousin. May the Lord bless you. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Let's open our biblicals to the book of Ezekiel, chapter 37. Ezekiel, chapter 37. And I'm going to read from verse 1. Very famous portion of the scriptures. Very famous portion of the scriptures. Ezekiel chapter 37 and verse 1 says, Now the hand of the Lord was upon me. Now every time you see that statement in your Bible, the hand of the Lord was upon me, it's referring to the Holy Spirit. So I want you please to write this down. The hand of the Lord was upon me is a reference to uh, a move of the Holy Spirit. And he carried me out in the Spirit of the Lord. There you go. And he set me down in the midst of the valley, which was full of bones. I want you to underline the words, a valley full of bones. And he calls me to pass by them round about. So there's a valley full of bones. And God, Ezekiel is having this vision. God calls them to pass by them round about. And behold... There were very many in the open valley, and lo, they were very dry. Now, you need to pay attention to the words, they were very dry. A valley of dry bones, but they were very dry. The, word, the reason why they were very dry, when bones are dried, is because they've been dead for a long time. So that refers to you that they were in that situation for a long time. And some of you right now, you may find yourself in a situation <coughs> and you've been there for a long time. Maybe you're dealing with a particular ailment for a long time. Maybe you're dealing with a particular problem, stubborn, that's been persisting for a long time. So, so the nation of uh, God's people were in this particular predicament for a long time. Verse 3. God asked him a question and said, Ezekiel, son of man. Now, you need to underline that in your Bible. Why did God call him son of man? Now, literally translated, the word son of man in Hebrew is ben Adam. Because the Hebrew for the word son is ben, and man is Adam, or uh, the word Adam means red or from the red earth. Now, that terminology, I want you to listen to me very carefully here, especially in the Old Testament, is a reference to the fallen human race. It is a reference to the fallen human race because Adam fell and so Every man, every human being born is a son of man, a son of a fallen Adam. Okay, so 
I want you to hold that in your head. Except Jesus, he was he was the son of man, all right, but not the son of a fallen Adam. All right. Now, verse uh, verse 3. And he said unto me, Son of man, can these bones live? This dead situation that has been around for a long time, can these bones live? And God is asking you the same question today. You look around and all you can see is dead bones, dead finances, dead church, dead marriage, dead this, dead that. Can these bones live? Ezekiel was smart. <laughs> and he said, and I answered, he said, oh, Lord God, you know. Only you know. Because to him, he couldn't say yes because physically speaking, it's been there for a long time. And he couldn't say no because to God, all things are possible. So he throws it back to God. Only God, you know, you know, God is good. Can you say amen? Now, look what God says here now. Look at verse 4. After God asked him a question, can this dead, stubborn, long-established dead situation, can there be life into it? He says, only you know. And look what God says, verse 4. Again, he said unto me, prophesy unto these bones. Prophesy to them dead bones. I want you please to circle the word prophesy. Prophesy to these bones and say unto them, O ye dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Now, I'm going ahead of myself, but I want you to write this down. One of the definition, the definition of prophesying is for the dead bones to hear the word of the Lord. So prophesying, therefore, is for your situation to hear the word of the Lord. Can you say amen? Thank you, Jesus. Verse 4, verse 5 now, Thus saith the Lord God unto these bones, now, Ezekiel is the one prophesying, but look what he says here. Thus saith the Lord God unto these bones, meaning, therefore, that the mouth of Ezekiel becomes the mouth of God. Prophecy is when the word of God comes out of your mouth, and your mouth becomes the mouth of God. I want you, you need to write this down. Prophesying is when your mouth becomes the mouth of God. And your mouth can only become the mouth of God when you speak the word of the living God. Can you say amen? Thank you, Jesus. Okay. Thus saith the Lord God unto these bones. But remember, it was Ezekiel talking. But when Ezekiel opened his mouth, he was saying what God said. Behold, I will cause breath to enter into you, and you shall live. Verse 6, And I will lay sinews upon you, and will bring up flesh upon you, and cover you with skin, and put breath, or put spirit, or put wind uh, in you, and you shall live, and you shall know that I am the Lord. Look at verse 7. So I prophesied as I was commanded. You need to underline that in your Bible. Very important. Very important. 
So I prophesied as I was commanded. He didn't say, well, I prophesied because I felt like it. I prophesied when I saw some kind of improvement. No, he, they, they were still de dead bones. They were still dried. They were still in the valley, but he prophesied as he was commanded. So prophecy, ladies and gentlemen, is a commandment of God. Prophesying is a commandment of God. And as I prophesied, not before, but and as I prophesied, there was a noise. And behold, a shaken, and the bones came together, bone to his bones. Your life will come together when you prophesy. Things will start to shake for the better when you start to prophesy as you have been commanded to prophesy. Now, and when I beheld, now, Notice something here. He had to prophesy first in order to see. To behold means to see. All right? So he prophesied by faith first, and then he saw something later. Words came out first before he saw anything change in the natural. That's why 2 Corinthians in chapter 5 and verse 7 says, We walk by faith and not by sight. Say that with me, please. We walk by faith and not by sight. In fact, don't just let, let, let me quote it to you. I want you to see it in your Bible. Put your finger in Ezekiel chapter 37, and let's go to 2 Corinthians. And chapter 5, and look at verse 7. What are we told by the great apostle Paul? The great apostle Paul tells us, for we walk by faith and not by sight. Come on, say that with me. I walk by faith and not by sight. All right? Look at back up to chapter 4. Now, chapter 4 of 2 Corinthians, verse 18 says, While we look not at the things which are seen. Now, what was the thing that was seen and visible in the eyes of Ezekiel? The valley? The dead bones, the dry bones, and they were disconnected. But Paul said to us, we don't look. Now, the word look, I want you to look at the word look. Circle the word look, 2 Corinthians 4 and verse uh, 18, rather. 2 Corinthians 4 and verse 18. He says, while we look not. Now, the word look means to focus. It means to survey. To survey thoroughly while we look not and don't focus on the things which are seen. The dead bones, the dry valley, the dry bones. But at the things which are not seen. Now what does that mean? Unseen does not mean invisible. Unseen does not mean, does not mean rather non-existent. Invisible does not mean non-existent. Let me say it again. Invisible or unseen does not mean non-existent. Unseen or invisible simply means not being perceived by your natural eyes. If I was to tell you right now, look at your hand. Or if I was to tell you, lick your finger. 
and I ask you, what have you done? You will tell me I've licked my finger. You've done more than that. You've licked up germs because right now on your finger, on your hands, there are germs, but you cannot see it with your natural eyes. They are invisible as far as your natural eyes are concerned, but they are existent. And so you need another equipment to make that which is unseen to become seen. Are you listening? So what is Paul, uh, Paul telling us? Don't look at things which are visible, but look at things which are unseen. Focus on things which are unseen. They are there. What is unseen? The power of God. Are you listening? The anointing of God, the glory of God. Just because you can't see it doesn't mean it's not there. It's right there. Glory to God. Can you say amen? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. <laughs> Look what Isabella says. I'm sorry for late. Uh, she was at the funeral. The Queen Elizabeth funeral. Yeah, right. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, bless the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Which, by the way, respect. Respect uh, for QE2. Amen. That's the only queen I've ever known. Grew up with her. Praise God. That's the only, that's the, that's the only queen we, we knew and we loved. All right. Now, <clears throat> so let's go back to Ezekiel. Go back to Ezekiel chapter um, 37 now. Thank you, Lord. <clears throat> Verse 7. So I prophesied as I was commanded. My job is not trying to figure out everything, right? My job is to do what I'm told to do. I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, there was a noise. And behold, a shaking, and the bones came together, bone to his bone. And when I beheld, that's where we, that's where we went back to 2 Corinthians 5, 7 and 2 Corinthians 4, 16. Your problem is you want to see things first before you say it. No, you've got to say it before you see it. Say that with me, please. I've got to say it first before I see it. Your problem is that you say what you have already seen. Mm -mm. You've got to change it and start to say things before you say it. Can you say amen? Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. Okay. Now, let's go back again to verse 8. And when I beheld, lo, the sinews and the flesh came up upon him, and the skin covered them above, but there was no breath in them. Then he said unto me, prophesy unto the wind. Prophesy, son of man. And say to the wind, thus saith the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe upon the slain that they may live. In other words, prophesy to what you need to come into your life. You prophesy the bones to come together, but there's no wind, there's no breath, there's no life. Now you prophesy to the four winds. Talk to the four winds. Okay? That they may breathe upon the slain and they will live. Verse 10, again on the line, verse 10, So I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath came in unto them, and they lived and stood up for upon their feet an exceeding great army. Then he said unto me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. Now, 
you need to underline that in your Bible, the whole house of Israel. Why? Because at that time, the kingdom was divided, and I will explain that to you in a minute. Okay? <clears throat> it's like if you understand England is separated from Scotland. All right? Scotland is separated from Wales. England is separated from Wales. But Great Britain, or the United Kingdom, is all combined. You see what I'm saying? Okay. Now, listen to this here. Then he said to me, <clears throat> verse 11, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. And I want you to write this down. That's the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom. The northern kingdom is Israel. The southern kingdom is Judah. All right? And I will explain that to you. Behold, they say, that's the whole house of Israel, our bones are dried and our hope is lost. So the dry bones, the valley of dead dry bones, represented lost or cut off hope. Lost hope or cut off hope. And you may be in a situation right now where you find yourself in a place of dead hope, cut off hope, no hope, or lost hope. Behold, we are cut off from our parts. Verse 12, therefore prophesy and say unto them, look at the word prophesy again. Three times we've been told this now. Thus saith the Lord, God, behold, O my people, I will open up your graves and cause you to come up out of your graves and bring you into the land of Israel. Why? That means they were outside of Israel. And you shall know that I am the Lord when I have opened your graves, O my people, and brought you out of your graves, and shall put my spirit, uh, and you shall live, and I shall place you in your own land, and you shall know that I, the Lord, have spoken it and performed it, saith the Lord. Now, I want you to write this down. Look at the word, the last words, I, the Lord, have spoken it, prophesied it, and performed it. Write this down. You've got to prophesy in order to see the performance of God. Prophesying precedes performance of God. Let me say it again. You need to write this down. Very important. Prophesying precedes the performance of God. If you want to see the performance of God, which is the supernatural, then it has to be preceded by prophesying, son of man prophesying. Now, this chapter is a reference to the whole house of Israel. What does that mean? Now, I want to give you a little bit of history before I give you maybe today six points that I'm going to give you, I want you to write down. We need to remember that Solomon's inept son, his incompetent son, Rehoboam, divided the kingdom into two hostile parts. 
all right, the northern part, now Israel was one nation. David was ruling over one nation called Israel. Solomon ruled over one nation, but remember Solomon opened the door to demons. He opened the door to idolatry. He opened the door to perversion. Are you listening now? All right, he did abominable things. And his heart was veered away. So now his inept and incompetent, incompetent son, Rehoboam, right, divided the kingdom into two parts. The northern part was then called Israel, and the bottom part, the southern part, was called Judah. The northern part was a bigger section, and Judah was a tannier section. That's why when you read the book of Kings and Chronicles, it will list to you the king of Israel, the kings of Israel, and then gives you a chronicles of the kings of Judah. All right, and for the most part, the reason why they were divided is because of idolatry. Okay, Israel fell into idolatry and the worship of Moloch and so forth and so on. All right, the worship of Moloch, man, that was that's a terrible thing, Ashtoreth. These are different things. These were things that should have never been named in Israel, and yet it became a real thing. Now, so, so understand this. The northern part was now, it's like, like I said, if you look at England, all right, if you look up, up north is uh, Scotland, all right, then you've got the middle, which is England, then you've got Wales on this side. Well, <clears throat> now if you look at the whole of Israel, it was divided. The northern part was known as Israel, and the southern part was known as Judah. Okay? Now, both of them went into captivity. Both of them went into captivity. Are you listening? Uh, and for the, those of us on the, in the North American side, we could say this way, Canada became known as Israel, and United States became known as Judah, all right? Now, but they both went into captivity. Israel went to, I want you to write this down, please. Israel fell to Assyria, which was the superpower of the day before Babylon. Judah, the southern kingdom, fell to Babylon under King Nebuchadnezzar. Are you following me so far? I hope you're following me so far. Okay? Thank you, Jesus. Now, but before they went into captivity, Israel to, to Assyria and Judah to Babylon, all right, to Nebuchadnezzar, there were prophets. Now, I need you to listen to me very carefully here. A little bit of theology now, just to help you. All right? There were prophets. I want you to write this down. You had what is known as pre-exilic prophets. Now, don't get confused with the word pre-exilic. It simply means, pre means before, exilic means exile. All right, so pre-exile means before the exile. For Israel, the northern kingdom, before they went into Assyria, and for a Judah before they went into Babylon. So you had pre-exilic prophets. Then you have what is known as exilic prophets. These were prophets during the exile. Ezekiel was an exilic prophet. 
Daniel was an exilic prophet. And they both had to do with the southern kingdom, uh, Judah. Are you listening? So, you've got pre-exilic prophets, exilic prophets, and then post-exilic prophets. Post-exilic prophets are those who came to minister after the exiles, after the captivity. So, I hope somebody can write this down now. All right, I need you to understand this. Praise God. Solomon George, watching from Liberia. May the Lord bless you. All right, so I want you to write this down. So let, let me think, let me just let me just look at uh, Judah right now, the southern kingdom. Now, while some of the prophets overlap in their concerns for both kingdoms, but they were mainly addressing the separated parts. Okay? Now, I want you to write this down. Jeremiah was a pre-exilic prophet in reference to Judah. All right. Then Ezekiel, Daniel, were prophets, exilic prophets during the exile, mainly to Judah, but also Ezekiel prophesied for the whole kingdom. All right. Now, so, I want you to write this down now, please. In chapter 37 and verse 1, the valley represented the location where the Israelites were scattered. One into Babylon, that's Judah, and the other one into Assyria, into Mesopotamia, that's Israel. They were scattered all over the place. All right? The bones represented the whole house of Israel. That's the northern part and the southern part. Okay. Are you following me so far? Or am I going too fast for you? Come on, talk to me. Uh, are you following me or am I going too fast for you? All right. So. All right, let's, let's just mark your thinking. Let's just mark your thinking. Okay. All right, for those of us in the uh, North America continent, it's like Canada is Israel and the United States, Judah. But the whole of the northern continent includes Canada and the United States, right? That's the North America, not Central America, not South America. All right, now. Those of us in England, to, for you to understand, the northern part would be like Scotland and the southern part would be like England. All right? Does that make sense to you? For those of you in Mauritius, it's like Mauritius would be known as Israel and then Rodriguez Island would be the tiny nation of, of, of Rodrigue would be like Judah. Are you listening? Does that make sense to you now? Got it? Okay. If you got it, say, I got it. If you don't got it, say, I don't got it, and I'll pray for you. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> All right. But the whole thing, for those of you in Mauritius, will include Mauritius and Rodriguez. All right. For those of you in, in the UK, 
all right? The whole kingdom would include Scotland, England, Wales, all right? Thank you, Jesus. For those of us in North America, it's Canada and the U.S. All right. <laughs> All right. Bian uh, Bianca says she got it. Rosemary says she got it. Catherine says she got it. Bonnie says she got it. The rest of you is like as confused as a dodo. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. All right. Now I'm sure you got it. Okay. So, <clears throat> the third thing I want you to understand is that they were very dry, meaning they were there for a long, long time. Okay. Okay. Ezekiel was obedient to do what he was told to do. Now, so remember these words now. Pre-exilic, exilic, post-exilic. Say that with me, please. Pre-exilic. Miss Bond, if you can write this down for me, I would appreciate it, please. Pre-exilic, P-R-E hyphen E-X-I-L-I-C, then, next word to the right, exilic, then, next word to the right, post-exilic, P-O-S-T, thank you, Jesus, all right, thank you, Miss, uh, Miss uh, Bonnie, post-exilic is after the exiles. All right. Now we know that after the exile, we had people like Haggai, Zechariah, Joel, and Malachi. These are known as post-exilic prophets. Now, look at me. Why am I stressing these three things? Because in your personal life, you would have to be a pre-exilic prophet if you want to avoid the valleys of dry bones, you have to become a pre-exilic prophet. But if you're not, then, and you find yourself in exile, then you have to become an, ex an, an exilic prophet. You begin to prophesy like Ezekiel did in the valley of dry bones. Then, after you come out of exilic uh, prophesying, then you become post-exilic prophets. Does that make sense to you now? Thank you, Jesus. So I want you to write this down. In your life, you will have to be pre-exilic prophet, exilic prophet if you find yourself in exile, then become a post-exilic prophet. Now, what does that mean? All right. If you're not confused, let's just deconfuse your brain now. Okay. Write this down, please. I'm going to give you six points real quickly. Then we're done. Thank you, Jesus. Number one, write this down. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Yes, ma'am. Thank you, Jesus. That's correct. Isaiah was prophesying all the time. All right. The pre-Babylonian uh, prophet, exilic, was Jeremiah. Okay. Thank you, Jesus. Now, 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 write this down, please. Point number one today, when God wants to change a situation or when a change is demanded, God will tell you to prophesy. Write this down. 
when God wants to change a situation or when a change is needed, the way of change is God will tell you, open your mouth and prophesy. Son of man, prophesy. Prophesy, son of man. Can you say amen? So right now, I want you to think about the situation in your family, with your children, with your finances. Your finances right now can be in a valley. The valley in the Bible is not speaking of good things. These are tough times. David said, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Then we're told about the valley of Baca. Then we're told in the valley of, oh no. Some of you right now, you are in the valley of, oh no. But the Bible tells you when you go through the valley of Ono, through the valley of the shadow of death, through the valley of dead bones, through the valley of Baca, the valley of tears, we turn it into tears of joy. Then you say amen. Thank you, Lord. So when a change in situation is needed, God will tell you, open your mouth, just like he told Ezekiel, open your mouth and begin to prophesy. Begin to prophesy. So lift up your hands and say with me, I need to obey God and open my mouth and to start prophesying as I am commanded to prophesy. Can you say amen? All right. <clears throat> okay. Number two, point number two, you need to prophesy in exile, to come out of exile, to become a post-exilic prophet. Now, what's the difference? An exile prophet prophesied, now remember what I told you about prophesying. Prophesying simply means to speak the word of the Lord. This is why God gave you a Bible. Are you listening to me now? Why don't you write this down? God's word was first spoken that it might be written. It was written in order that it might be spoken. Can you say that with me? All these things that you see written in the Bible... God first spoke it. So God's word was first spoken that it might be written. And they were written that it might be spoken. They were not written for you to put your Bible on a coffee table. They were not written just for you to put it underneath your pillow. No, they were written in order that you read them, meditate upon them, and then speak them out. Can you say amen? So prophesying, ladies and gentlemen, it is to open your mouth and to release. Say release. Release the word of the Lord written in the word. Can you say amen? So you a, an exilic prophet prophesied hope to come out of exile. When you look at post-exilic prophets, 
they prophesied to build, all right, to build uh, temples, to build the walls. In fact, let me show you a scripture here. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Glory to God. <clears throat> oh, hallelujah. Uh, thank you, Jesus. There's uh, a scripture says, Miss Bonnie, if you can find this for me, it says, so we prospered according to the prophecies of a certain prophet. You'll find this in the book of Nehemiah. You'll find this in the book of Ezra. So we prospered. Let's see if I can find this. Thank you, Jesus. Blessed be the name of the Lord. <clears throat> yes, 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 yes. Thank you, Jesus. According to the prophecy, according to the prophecies. Let me see if I can find this for you. <clears throat> Mm -mm. So we prophet, we 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 prospered according to the prophecy of Haggai. I think. Let me see if I can find this. I want to. I want to show you this. Yeah, Ezra chapter six, ladies and gentlemen. Ezra chapter six. Now remember that Nehemiah had to do with the rebuilding of the wall. Ezra had to do with the rebuilding of the temple with Zerubbabel and Joshua the high priest. Now look at Ezra chapter 6, verse 14, and says, And the elders of the Jews builded, and they prospered through the prophesying of Haggai. Can you see that? So can you see the connection between prophesying and prospering? Prophesying and prospering? So, when you are an exilic prophet, you prophesy yourself out of exile. But when you become, and when, once you're out, now you, you are a post-exilic, you prophesy to rebuild the broken walls, to rebuild the temples, to rebuild the house, to rebuild the nation. Are you listening? So you have to learn to become an exilic prophet and a post-exilic prophet. Can you say amen? Glory be to God. So you prophesy in exile to come out of exile, and then once, once you are out of exile, you still keep prophesying to prosper, to build your life. Does that make sense to you now? If it makes sense to you, say to, say to me, it's making sense to me. Thank you, Jesus. All right, so that was point number two. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Glory be to God. All right. Um, all right, English Standard Version. And the elders of Jews built and prospered through the prophesying of Haggai the prophet and Zechariah the son of Edo. They finished their building by decree of God. See, that's what it, that's what a prophesying is. It is a decree of God. What does Job twenty two twenty eight tells us? Thou shalt decree a thing, and it shall be established unto you. Can you say Amen? All right. Point number three. My time is coming to an end. God, now listen to this now. God showed Ezekiel the valley of dry bones and told him to prophesy. But through Daniel, <laughs> now what's the difference between Ezekiel and Daniel? Do you know do you know the difference between 
Ezekiel and Daniel is that Ezekiel was deported just as Daniel was. But Ezekiel stayed with the captivity as a worker. Whereas Daniel was also departed, but he went to work in government. So one, now, the reason why Ezekiel had to do that is because he was dealing with the covenant. Daniel had to deal with the kingdom. One was a voice of the prophet. Uh, Ezekiel was the, the voice, the prophetic voice to the people, the regular people. Daniel was the voice to government of officials. Are you listening to me now? Can you say amen? Thank you, Lord Jesus. So God showed Ezekiel the value of dry bones and told him to prophesy. And then Daniel shows you how to do it. He shows you how to do it. All right. Now, how did he, how did he, how do you do it? Well, let's go to the book of Daniel. Book of Daniel, please. Daniel and Ezekiel were contemporaries. Okay. Daniel chapter 9. We are going to read verse 1 till verse 3. Verse 1 till verse 3. In the first year of Darius, the son of Ahasuerus, of the seed of the Medes, which was made king over the realm of the Chaldeans, in the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, understood by the books the number of the years whereof the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah the prophet. Now remember, Jeremiah was pre-exilic. Daniel is exilic. So, he's discovering, he's reading the book of Jeremiah. And, to be sure, he's reading from Jeremiah chapter 27 to chapter 30. All right, now. So, I, Daniel, understood by the books the number of the years whereof the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah the prophet that he would accomplish 70 years in the desolation of Jerusalem. And so, what am I going to do? Look at verse 3. That's the key. And I set my face unto the Lord God to seek by prayer and supplication with fastings and sackcloth and ashes. That's how you prophesy it. You take what God has said and then you begin to send it back to God. That is what prayer is. Prayer is prophesying back to God what God prophesied to the earth. Did you hear that? Okay. So, number three, point number three. Thank you, Jesus. God showed Ezekiel the valley of dry bone and told him to prophesy. Then through Daniel, he shows you how to do it, how to prophesy. You take the prophecies, which are already pre-written, and then you send it back to God. Can you say amen? Which brings me to point number four. Point number four, ladies and gentlemen. To prophesy yourself out of a valley, you need to find out what God has already declared and then redeclare it and redecree it. Are you listening? So let's say it again, point number five. To prophesy yourself out of the valley, 
out of exile, you need to find out what God has said. Daniel found out what God has said. And then redeclare it back to God. And God says, so shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void. How does it return to God? When you re-prophesy it. Are you listening? Amen. Thank you, Jesus. So to prophesy yourself out of the valley, you need to find out what God has already said. Declare it and re-declare it. Which brings me to point number five. Thank you, Jesus. Point number five, ladies and gentlemen. To prophesy is to re-prophesy what God has said. It is to re-prophesy what God has said. So maybe you find yourself right now in the valley of, uh, of uh, sickness and disease. Well, how do, you, how do you get yourself out of this exile of sickness and disease? You prophesy. You become an exilic prophet. You prophesy. What do you do? You find out. You go to the Word. 1 Peter chapter 2. Verse 1 4, himself bore our sicknesses and carried out our diseases, and by his stripes ye were healed. You begin to prophesy it. You begin to speak it. You begin to decree it. And that's how you prosper. You, your health will prosper. Third John and verse 2, Beloved, I pray above all things that you may prosper. Well, how will you prosper? By prophesying. You just read in the book of Ezra. They prophesy, they prospered according to the prophesyings of the prophet Haggai. Well, you will prosper according to the, pro to the prophesying of your mouth. And what is it? Remember, we just found it in Ezekiel. God said, Ezekiel, prophesy. Thus saith the Lord God. Thus saith the Lord God. Can you say amen? Thank you, Jesus. All right, so number six, and I close with this. You prophesy by praying it, praying the word of God through. This is your answer, ladies and gentlemen. You don't need to be running here and there looking for a man to prophesy on you. If it happens, wonderful. Are you listening? All the words that you're looking for, you've already got it. You've got 66 book of the Bible. Are you listening to me now? 39 in the Old Testament, 27 books in the, in the New Testament. What more do you need? Come on now. All the words that you need. This is the answer to your problem. This is the answer to your spiritual problem. This is the answer to your mental problem. This is the answer to your physical problem, to your financial problem, to your marital problem, to your uh, whatever problems you got. Whatever valley that you find yourself in, you have got answer. And the answer is not in the man. The answer is in the word, the B-I-B-L-E. This is why this book is not to be put on just on your coffee table or underneath your pillow. You got to meditate upon it because whatever goes in through the eye gate, the ear gate, the mouth gate, gets into your heart. Jesus said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And when you speak glory to God, you prophesy God is watching over his word to perform it. 
Well, that's enough for today. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus, forever. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Faith Lift Radio podcast. For more information about Dr. Glenn and how to offer your financial support, log on to glenarecchion.org.